Hello dear friends, welcome to Mindfulness for Beginners. I hope you're happy, I hope you're peaceful. It's a pleasure to practice with you again. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would invite you to share with your friends, uh, leave a review, maybe say hello. Uh, The link to the Twitter account is in the description. So this is a longer episode and it's one of the uh, series of interviews and in this one I had a conversation with uh, Kerry Cummings and she's a psychologist who's based in Germany. Uh, She's also a coach, an author, a speaker and she founded the Mind Bar Mindfulness Centre. Through that she's helped a lot of people to live a calmer and happier life. And we had a great conversation about the benefits of mindfulness, some of the misconceptions that there are around mindfulness, which is very interesting, the difference that it's made to her and her clients' lives, and even how mindfulness can help to improve your putting game uh, if you're a golfer or if someone you love is a golfer. So uh, I started off by asking how Kerry got into mindfulness in the first place it was kundalini yoga and it has a lot of meditation in it and i just got into that um pretty much after that evening i did yoga every day and i actually eventually became a certified yoga teacher also kundalini yoga and um their meditation is more mantras you speak mantras and um i really started to see a huge difference in um, just how I felt. Um, small things didn't bother me anymore. Just being in traffic, for example, driving driving in traffic, um, I just was more relaxed about the small stresses of life. And it almost sounds funny to me now to even remember me even getting upset at stuff like that because it just I just don't anymore um it's it's really it's really amazing actually so at the same time um I'm a psychologist and I I was um through my research work in psychology I was doing a meta-analysis on the effects of meditation on the um brain and it the meta-analysis came the, the results came out that it actually significantly um, increased the gray matter in the brain meditation. It was a different different types of meditation, but one that was very um, highly researched is mindfulness meditation. And so I kind of got interested in that um, because the results of it, scientifically speaking, were amazing. Um, and... So through my kind of science um, and research and interest in that, I got into, um, I kind of moved a little bit from the Kundalini meditation to mindfulness meditation. Um, And now I'm doing my PhD um, also on mindfulness in uh, trauma patients, people who have PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And I'm finding that it actually the more mindful, um, even traumatized people are, the better they get through therapy, 
the more um, better results they have, so to speak. Um, yeah, and so long story short, I got more and moved kind of slowly into mindfulness meditation. I did an MBSR class, um, mindfulness-based stress reduction, and um, kind of learned the basics. And well, that took me on a, a path towards becoming a teacher myself. And um, yeah, so it kind of put me um, where I am today. That is, I practice mindfulness myself. I've been doing that for, I don't even know exactly if, when exactly I kind of switched to mindfulness meditation, but it's, it's been many years now. Um, and I teach it at, at the Mind Bar. Um, yeah. That's uh, th that's great. It's funny you say about um, starting off with yoga because that's exactly how I got into mindfulness as well. Um, and uh, I was chatting to someone else uh, on the podcast and that's how they get into mindfulness as well. Yeah. So it's it's like yoga is a bit of a gateway drug into meditation <laughs> and uh, and mindfulness. But it, but it is true because essentially, I mean, yoga is is uh, uh, focusing 100% um, of your attention on the, um, the, the 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 hold, the position that you've got in your body, and it's a very very natural step from that into simply. Uh, focusing your attention on your breath, so mm -hmm. that 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 makes sense to me. Um, mm -hmm. So you've you've been practicing for for many years now. Yeah. I find personally that there's some parts of the practice that come more easily to me, and some are a bit a bit more challenging. What are some of your kind of favorite ways to to practice mindfulness? Um, you know, I, as a teacher here, um, one of my first of all the the sitting meditation is my favorite. Um, you know, there's all kinds of different exercises or, or practices you can do, like the body scan. Um, also, um, mindfulness yoga. I, I kind of hesitate to say yoga because it's not it's really yoga. It's really a mindfulness um, focused on the body and movement. That's what I would call that. Um, but it's um, and then there's the kind of informal things you can do, and I have to say that's those are my combined with the sitting meditation, um, the mindfulness meditation um, would be the small things that you do throughout the day. Um, for example, um, I do like a little mini body scan if I'm sitting at my desk. Sometimes um, I just kind of scan just a just literally a few seconds. Um, I just feel my body. I just I'm, I become aware of my body sitting in the chair. I feel the ground, you know, the floor under my feet. Um, sometimes I'll I'll go outside and just stand and look up at the sky and just feel what's going on around me. Just just for a few moments. Um, also the uh, focus on the breath is something that you can do all all throughout your day. I emphasize this a lot with my students because you know there's a lot of challenges to formal practice, and I think um, things like just even in a meeting, if it's in front in a full conference room, um, you can still practice mindfulness. 
you can kind of pull your attention inward for a, a few seconds, um, focus on a couple of breaths, in-breath, in out-breath, and, and then you're kind of back to being centered. Um, and we're focused on the external so much, especially if you're interacting with other people, um, and, and even more especially if it's con if there's a conflict you know, between people. Um, it's easy to lose yourself. And that's where mindfulness for me, I, I find extremely helpful to just, you can be in a conversation with someone and, and notice when you start to kind of lose, you know, lose yourself, so to speak, you know, just fully concentrate on someone else. Um, and you can easily just pull that attention towards yourself, center yourself, and then kind of have a, um, back and forth of being still centered, but also being by the, with the other person. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that, that absolutely resonates with me because um, it's actually one of the parts of the practice that I struggle with a little bit is is that mindful listening and mm -hmm. uh, either finding my, my attention is going to something that I'm anxious about or, mm -hmm. or sometimes I'm actually thinking of, you know, something clever or funny that I want to say that I'm just waiting <laughs> to jump into the conversation with. And I'm yeah. not actually going to give my full attention to what the, what the person's sharing with me. And and the other thing that you said, which, which really resonated with me, was that just stopping what you're doing for a moment and being really aware of, of where your body's at. Because mm -hmm. uh, what I've noticed from uh, practicing for a few years now is mm -hmm. when, whenever I'm driving or, say, whenever I'm sitting at my desk at work, uh, yeah. I'll just stop for a moment and I realize my hand is on the steering wheel or I'm, mm -hmm. si I'm sitting on my chair at the moment and just taking a few moments to breathe in and out is it probably doesn't look uh, the most productive time for, from the outside perspective, <laughs> but but it, it's such a great thing just to stop for a moment and just uh, ground yourself back in the, in the present yeah. moment as well. So I really, I really appreciate what you're saying. So uh, are there any parts of the practice that you have, you know, that they're a bit more difficult for you that, that you've struggled with a little bit or maybe took more time to bed in? Um, now, at this point in my development, I guess, for myself, um, one thing is, is very simple, finding the time. Mm. It's, I think that's the, a huge challenge. It's um, in my class is also one thing that we talk about a lot. Um, how do I find the time? Um, luckily, I teach meditation very often. So, I, and also, you know, when you do um, teach meditation, do a guided meditation, um, you you kind of have the added benefit of also being in a slightly meditative state. Um, not maybe not quite as much as if you were just uh, doing it yourself, but um. But t finding the time is I have um, my own business here. I also work in a, cl a clinic and do psychotherapy with patients, um, trauma patients. I have three kids. I am um, sing single mom. Um, I'm really, really busy doing my PhD. Uh, but I think that's the biggest thing is finding the time. And I personally have stopped trying to be perfectionistic about that and, mm. and, and saying, I have to do it in the morning. Um, it has to be 20 minutes or 50 minutes or whatever. Um, I do, I do it when I, when I 
spontaneously have the time whenever that is I do it in the parking in my car um, when I'm waiting for my kid to um, finish tennis I I find the time and, I, and you can find it it's just it's a challenge though I think that's the biggest biggest challenge you can sit on a park bench on your lunch break nobody cares if you're sitting there with your eyes closed um, yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, you can go at the office, go in the bathroom if you need to, if you have no other space to do it, go in the bathroom and in the, in the stall and close the door. It's not the nicest place to do it, but it, you can do it. Um, yeah. So I say be opportunistic instead of perfectionistic. That, that's such good advice because, uh, whenever I talk to people about, uh, practicing mindfulness, that's got to be the the top thing or, or top argument against it that I hear is that, well, I just don't have the time for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny that there's a quote that I always use from uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is actually adapted from someone else. But it's along the lines of uh, whenever you're not busy, you should uh, practice at least 10 minutes a day. And when you're very busy, you should practice an hour a day. It's actually when our lives are incredibly busy or when it's most uh, important for us to bring ourselves back into the the present moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that finding the time is you have to be creative, um, but also using those those small little um, mindfulness techniques like turn off when you get in the car, turn off the radio turn it off and just be by be with yourself um you know um the just pausing for a moment noticing your breath um also in conversation with others i always always say um you do not have to respond right away you do not have to you know a conversation is a back and forth thing but you don't have to respond you can pause um and it's amazing that people it, it People accept that it's okay, and these kind of small things I think um, are extremely valuable. Also, in, in addition to meditation, meditation. That was something I noticed actually. Whenever I started going to uh, Sangha in in mm-hmm. York, where I used to live, uh, so so for for those new, uh, it's a Sangha is like a a mindfulness group where you go along and you, you practice together, you meditate together. And I'd be uh, and kind of around the practice where we're all socialising a little bit. I'd be chatting to someone, mm-hmm. and what you're kind of used to in a conversation is that it, there's a very very fast back and forward. And mm-hmm. I, I noticed with some of the people that I spoke to that you know they would ask me how things are going, and I would uh, I would tell them you know okay so uh, um, the job's going like this and I'm doing this, and they would just they would just sit there and, and nod, and there would be this this quite long pause, which. <laughs> Which I find incredibly awkward at the start because, you know, as, as an Irishman, you know, Irish people are used to kind of back and forward very, very quickly. Mm. And to have a to have a very slowed down conversation like that, where that person is really listening to what you're saying mm. and not immediately coming back with something was quite alien to me. But but to know that somebody is really listening to you, actually when you get used to it is, is a, a very valuable thing, a very comforting thing. And especially whenever you're talking to somebody who's suffering at the moment, is giving mm-hmm. them the time and space not to jump in to tell them what to do or or tell mm-hmm. them how to feel, but actually just giving them the space to talk is so incredibly important. Oh yeah, definitely. 
definitely. And I, I personally believe as a, also as a therapist, counselor, um, if you give them that space, they find their answers. Um, yeah. we're, we are all experts for ourselves, really. We have the, I, I'm not much like for being esoteric, but I, we, we have the, all of the answers within ourselves and, um, sometimes having that space to just speak, um, suddenly answers pop up. Um, and we, and like you said, we don't often give others that space. It's not, it's not out of selfishness. It's out of, like you said, how you're just used to, it's just no, kind of normal to have a back and forth conversation. It's a, it's a great exercise to, to practice just really listening. Yeah, I, I try and do it as much as I can. Uh, although I, I frequently find myself slipping back into into old practices, but it's it's worth just uh, reminding yourself and and actually going mm-hmm. into a conversation. You know, I, I'm going to give this person space to talk and really and really listen. Mm-hmm. I wanted to pick up on something else that you said as well, which mm-hmm. is around perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And another um, pushback that I get from people is that, well. You know, I tried to meditate, but I was having thoughts coming through. And uh, I, try to, I try to tell people is that that's perfectly normal and that's part of the process. And you have to accept okay. the thoughts as they come through and actually sit with them for a moment. Yeah. And it'll be just good to get your thoughts on whenever you're doing the courses with people. Do you hear that from people? Do they say, well, you know, I'm trying to meditate, but I'm having all these thoughts. And what do you say to them? Yes, uh, very, very normal. Happens all the time, every single time almost, um, when, especially when they're starting out. Um, yeah, they usually think, I can't, do, I'm not doing this right. I can't yeah. do this. this. This isn't for me. I've heard that. This is just not for me. Because I have, and then I ask why, why, you know, and they say, well, I just have too many thoughts. And I, I ask them, how do you know that when you're meditating, how do you know that you, have too many thoughts and they say something like oh good question um i well i noticed i just noticed that i had gotten lost in a thought and i say well what did you do after that and they say well then i brought my then i started going focusing back on my breath and i say you just you're doing it right yeah exactly what it is and the way i see it is um i see um, it like going to the fitness center or the gym. I don't know how you say, how you guys call that. Um, if you want to build muscle, um, first of all, you don't do it once a week. The only thing that you can get from going there once a week is sore muscles. You're just going to, if you go once a week to the gym and you do a bunch of um, weights, you know, lifting weights, um, you're just going to the next day of muscle pain, and that's it. You have to do it regularly. Secondly, it, within the, um, the exercise that you're doing, you have to do a lot of repetitions, right? So I mean, I'm not much of a fitness person, but I do know that um, the more reps you do, the more results you're going to have. And I say, if you're in, the, if you're in a meditation and you find yourself having to repeat the cycle over and over again, in other words, you're focusing on your breath, then you drift off and you're into, in your thoughts. You bring your attention back to the breath. And you have to do that 1,000 times. Then you did a whole bunch of repetitions. You can see it as a positive thing. You're, you're really, really practicing. And um, 
eventually it will reduce. But even uh, even I, um, after practicing mindfulness for so many years, meditation, I might have a day where my brain is just extremely active and I just tell myself it's that's just brain activity. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. I don't need to jump into the into the um, thoughts, into the content on the thoughts. I just notice, whoa, you've got your brain's really active today. <laughs> I'm being okay with that. And and it's funny you say, you know, having um, uh, you know a thousand thoughts. You know that that's how you learn to practice. That is literally exactly what I say to people whenever um, I'm facilitating a mindfulness group as well. Is mm-hmm. that during a 20-minute meditation, if you have a hundred thoughts. A hundred times you have to bring your your attention back to your breath. That mm-hmm. is literally the practice. That is a practice, and and I actually believe that there isn't a single person walking the earth who could sit for twenty minutes and not have at least one thought yeah. come through their head. I don't believe the Dalai Lama uh, can sit for twenty minutes without having a thought. I don't believe that Thich Nhat Hanh can sit for twenty minutes without having a thought. It's yeah. just it's just human nature, and to be able to accept the thought, to sit with the thought let the thought leave and bring your attention back to the breath. That, yes. that is the practice. Yeah, totally. And I have to say, um, I always say this to you. There's about, it, it, first of all, it's, it's not about not having thoughts. It's about realizing that you have a lot of thoughts and, and not jumping into the r- rapid river of thoughts, you know, just letting them be and not taking them so seriously. And I say, I think we have about 8 billion people in this world now, Mm. if I'm not mistaken. We can't be friends with all of those people. It's impossible. And we have, um, there's very controversy on how many thoughts we have in a day, but I've heard something like 60,000 per day. Um, we We cannot possibly pay attention to all those thoughts. We cannot possibly be friends with all of those thoughts. So what mindfulness is to me is putting us back in the driver's seat and saying, I can choose, I can decide which thoughts I pay attention to and which I don't and not be upset about it, but just be like, okay, you, if it's hard without the um, video, but okay, you thought I don't need to, you're not helpful to me. This one's helpful. (laughs) You're not. And just sorting them out and being okay with that, you know, we have so many thoughts all day long and even during sleep when we're sleeping, um, it's not necessary to get caught up in the thoughts. We can choose, we can choose which thoughts are helpful to us and which aren't. And it's a really, it's a really um, interesting experiment for for those people who, who feel that they have too many thoughts running through their head to do this. Mm-hmm. Is if you sit down and ask them to do a meditation of mind, where they're actually focusing 100% of their attention on their own mind and the thoughts that are going through their mind, what mm-hmm. invariably happens is, so you talk to them afterwards and you say, well, how was that? And they said, well. My mind suddenly went blank. It's it's, <laughs> it's really it's really interesting experiment to do with people to show that actually by focusing your attention, actually the the flow it is possible for the flow of thoughts to to slow down as well. And just just I suppose just on on that theme, you have uh, uh, practiced for many years, uh, and you have have taught you know. Uh, 
numerous, innumerate people, a huge mm-hmm. number of people. What would, just from your observations, what would you say are, are some of the benefits of practicing mindfulness to you and what you've observed with other people, maybe the feedback you've got? Yeah, um, I say, for, I'll maybe start with myself. Um, just what you were just saying, I think, um, you know, it, I, I get that all the time. Um, as soon as you said, let's uh, observe your thoughts, the thoughts are suddenly not there. Um, I, I hear that all the time. It's so interesting. Um, and <clears throat> and um, I think um, what that does, first of all, it, it's, it helps concentration. So a lot of people come to me. I get a lot of, uh, a lot of business people coming to me. And businessmen especially come in and say, I can't concentrate for more than like 30 minutes, 30 seconds. Um, it's, it's driving me crazy. I have too many uh, self, uh, the phone, uh, emails, colleagues. And I, I've found myself, e- even when I don't get interrupted, I can't concentrate anymore. My brain has gotten used to all this multitasking. And um, that, I think that's one thing that is, I find for myself too is... Um, you can focus better. Um, more importantly, this the practice of noticing your thoughts and really um, consciously um, steering your attention away or to your thoughts or some to your breath or to sounds. Um, it gives you. Um, I think it's helped me. Um, make better decisions. I don't know if that sounds strange, but you have better, um, how do I say this? Um, that you're like better judgment because yeah. I'm not making a decision based on a knee jerk kind of reaction or an emotional reaction. You know, we fall back into when we're not aware and, and conscious of our, our true selves and we're listening to all the thoughts in our heads and feelings and we're not being aware of it, um, mindful, it, we tend to fall back into old patterns. You know, um, what those patterns are, I always say that's psychology. You know, why we, ju- why we um, evaluate things in a certain way, what, what opinion we have, what old patterns we have, patterns of behavior, that doesn't matter in mindfulness. You know, our parents, how we grew up, our culture, um, our personality, past experiences, trauma, whatever, um, that's all psychology. The the key is in mindfulness is knowing that that's just your thoughts. It's just thoughts. And we don't have to follow them. Um, And I think that kind of that practice has helped me just be more sovereign and and um, that knowing when I get into a stressful situation, whatever it is, I, uh, I feel like I'm in control of how I see the situation, not necessarily in control of the situation, but knowing that it's okay gives me... Um, automatically makes you kind of just relax in the yeah. stressful situation, you know? I'm, I'm calmer. 
I can tell you I'm way calmer than I used to be. Um, even if some, I could have somebody screaming at me and I can be relatively calm in this, in the situation and not react in a, in a knee jerk kind of way. I would certainly respond in some way, but it's a, an aware kind of response. Um, so yeah. And I hear that a lot from people who have started out not having any experience and then they start do, start practicing mindfulness they come back and say, I really feel calmer. I don't, I feel like I've just heard this last week. I, this one woman said, um, I, I think with her kids, she has two, two kids and they're kind of in puberty and it's a little bit difficult. And, um, said, I just don't, it just didn't bother me. Something that was going on said, I just noticed things just don't bother me as much. Um, and I hear that all the time so it's not that but on the other hand it's not that you don't have any feelings anymore like who wants to go through life just being neutral it's not that we don't have feelings but um you can have a feeling you can be in a you can notice like oh this is a stressful situation whatever whatever it is and just not get carried away and it won't ruin your whole day just you yeah. Put in simple terms, it's not, something can, something bad can happen. You are allowed to be angry about it, sad about it, whatever. Feelings are fine, but it, but it kind of, um, yeah, it doesn't. Put simply, it doesn't ruin your whole day. Yeah, it's it's that metaphor of the second arrow, isn't it? That um, yeah. we can we can have the the difficult circumstances and and the the immediate impact on us, but. How we react to those feelings is is within our gift, and uh, it really um, really resonated with me whenever you talked about judgment, because mm-hmm. it might shock the people that are listening to this, but sometimes we Irish people can be a little bit reactive to things and can have <laughs> something of a knee-jerk reaction, and that that was definitely me, especially in stressful situations situations like um being out in a crowd of people is something that I find I find stressful, mm-hmm. and so therefore. Whenever something within that context happens that triggers some emotions in me, that can that can bring a a, um, a reaction, yeah. a, a mindless reaction, and and actually the practice has been hugely hugely helpful in being able to take a step back and yeah. realize. So if I'm in a crowd of people, I can take a step back and say. I'm feeling anxious right now and it's okay and it's okay to feel anxious. I think the problem I had before or the challenge I had before was that I, I, I wasn't okay with the fact that I was feeling stressed. The fact that I was feeling stressed meant that it was time to hit the, hit the alarm because things were, things were, were really bad. And actually it's, it's, it's okay to just sit and uh, observe, to mm-hmm. sit and spend some time with your anxiety or with your anger or with your mm-hmm. sadness. Yes, definitely. I have to, I'd like to add to that because if you're in a crowd of people, I think it's really important to, to say that you can pause and notice your anxiety and also, as you said, not get upset about being anxious or get even more fearful. You can pause and observe and then you can still choose to leave the situation. It's, I think a lot of people I find my, a lot of beginners um, sometimes are confused about, are we supposed to just accept everything? Are we supposed to find, think everything's great all the time? 
And I, I say, no, you can still um, change a situation if you don't like it, but you're doing it in, in not in a knee-jerk kind of mm-hmm. way. You're actually choosing, calmly choosing, okay, I feel anxious. I, I know that I don't like to be around crowds. You can either say, okay, it's all right, just stay, stay there, or you can say, I'm, I'm going to go and give myself a break, and I'm going to leave the situation. If that's also fine. Um, you can also defend yourself if something if somebody has is really um, overstepping their boundary, right? Yelling, screaming, I don't know. Um, you you can you can actually choose. You might need to choose to scream back. I'm not much of a screamer, but I'm just you know as an extreme example. The the thing is. When mindfulness, you choose consciously. You yeah. say, what is the best way to deal with this situation? You might decide that that's the best way. But after the fact, you have a calm, or calm feeling because you know you chose to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. It's, um, and that's the greatest gift that it's offered to me is that uh, you use the metaphor of the river the river of thoughts and, and emotions is that, uh, and I kind of thought about it as a boiling sea. I felt myself adrift on a, on a boiling sea of emotions that uh, that meant that I had no I had no control. And mindfulness offers you a way to take a step back from that and realize that, that you're not your anger, you're not your sadness, and and you're not your you're not your anxiety. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. Um, do you want to do you want to add to that, Carrie? Yeah, I I think that realizing that through the practice of mindfulness, also um, one added, um, I think, benefit or effect of practicing mindfulness is it increases your self-compassion. Yeah. Automatically noticing that you're sad, that you're angry, that you're anxious or whatever, um, and and being, being with that and allowing yourself just to be with that increases... Um, your compassion for yourself, which is obviously the first step in feeling compassion, practicing compassion towards others. And mm-hmm. I think that is um, a wonderful, wonderful effect of mindfulness is that you just feel more compassion for yourself and for others. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that's that's changed in my life significantly is, is really... Uh, feeling more compassionate towards uh, towards other people, and and actually being able to become more aware of other people's suffering and mm-hmm. uh, more understanding of people's circumstances. So you were talking about that person that was you know screaming at you. Is that mm-hmm. well, actually maybe they've had a really difficult upbringing. Maybe they've had they're having a yes. terrible time at the moment. It's not necessarily that they're a terrible terrible person, which is maybe where I would have went to before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, exactly. That's. Ex- that's um, exactly um, the way I see others now. And you know, that example was a made-up example. I don't, I don't really have people screaming at me, but um, <laughs> thank goodness. But if I did, that's exactly... Um, it's not only you have the ability to just pause for a moment and, and realize, that, okay, this person is really... It's just like you would do to yourself. Uh, wow, I feel I feel in lots of anxiety right now. I feel it in my chest. Um, 
I notice that. How is it for me? You can observe, let's say, the, the angry person and say, wow, this person really feels uh, angry right now. Um, and just really observe it. And just by doing that, I find in any, whether it's an angry person or something else, um, you also giving that person space and um, it's almost kind of like listening, you know, you're just allowing for a moment at least the, the situation to be as it is and um, giving it a little bit of space. And then what happens after that is we don't know, but um, you choosing then you're responding instead of reacting as they say right absolutely um so do you want to tell us a little bit about your uh your business and the services that you offer yeah um before i i i have to say my website is being um it's in german um but i'm getting it um put into English now. So hopefully by next week or next, next couple of weeks, it'll be in English too. Yeah. So having said that, I, I'm, um, I actually live in Germany. My practice is in Germany, but I do, I'm American. Um, long story, but I live in Germany. And, um, so a lot of my business I do here on location, which is in German most of the time, not always. I also do things online though in most of that is done in English. Um, I teach mindfulness classes. I do MBSR classes, um, the eight-week um, mindfulness-based stress reduction. Um, I also do individual mindfulness trainings. I also train some athletes wanting to improve their, their game um, through mindfulness. Um, especially for me, uh, I've, I've kind of gotten a few golfers who had one, um, who was qualifying for the British open. I don't know wow. if you're familiar with golf, but, um, and, um, he had this just, so obviously very, very technically very, very good. Um, he had this one issue with, um, his putting game and it was all a mental thing <laughs> and it, um, the mindfulness training really helped him, um, improve that that part of the game because it was definitely a a mindset kind of thing that was going on um i also do um counseling um counseling and, and also coaching for individuals but also groups in in companies i teach i do workshops um, with groups um teaching mindfulness-based um I would say mindfulness based stress reduction, but that's kind of like the, the eight week thing. I, but I teach stress, um, stress management through mindfulness, um, in, in, within companies. So I have individuals I do in a clinic psychotherapy and in the mind bar here, I do online and in person coaching and counseling, which Sometimes classic, but everything that I do comes from a mindfulness-based approach. So even in my even in my counseling, I'm definitely always using mindfulness to um, you know to work on the the topics that we're talking about, and um, I can see it before my eyes how effective it is in 
um, in all kinds of settings. Yeah, and I also am working on online classes right now. Um, that's going to be very soon. I also do speaking, um, speaking engagements on the subject. Um, so far, only in Germany, but um, um, we'll see where where it leads. But um, yeah, what else? So as you can tell, a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> You get you get you get a lot of different irons in the fire. So, so yeah. what we'll what we'll do is um, we'll put uh, the links to uh, your business and one of your online classes are available. We'll put a, a link in the description to that as well as well as your your social media. So if people are interested in uh, uh, getting in touch with Kerry, following Kerry on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, yes. looking at what services are available, then just look into the uh, description and it, it'll be all there. Yeah, that's great. I also um, write a blog. It's called the Modern, Modern Day Mindful. I can add that link to and and write for different um, different websites. Like I don't know if you know Mind Valley, Finer Minds. That's a that's a nice uh, website for all kinds of subjects on positive living and lots of mindfulness meditation. I write articles for them and also for UC Berkeley um, Greater Good Science Center. I'm not sure if you're if you're aware of that, but it's also a really nice um, online, and, and they also have an offline center over there um, where it's uh, also positive psychology subjects, all always with a scientific kind of background. So for the for the greater good. So um, you can find me in on those spots too. Well, that's been fantastic. Uh, I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you, Kerry, and I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Yes, thank you so much. It's been a really great talking to you. It's a great conversation. Thanks for having me. No problem. May you be happy, may you be peaceful, may you be healthy and live a long life.